Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Late night. Midnight on the interstate. I didn't feel so great until I saw the city. Welcome back to Straight from the Source. Michael Russo here from Seattle. Thanks as always for tuning in. My guest today, Nico Sturm. Man, what a great, great interview. I sat down with him this afternoon at the Team Hotel here in Seattle, and he was just um, I mean, I think you you all will absolutely love the interview and just um, how well spoken he is. And we talk everything from hockey to really fun stuff about his native Germany as well. Great, great Twitter questions this week, and I really appreciate it because, uh, frankly, uh, a lot of the Twitter questions made for a really fun sit-down, a really fun interview with a really, really good hockey player. And wait till the end of the podcast, too, because he talks a lot about his future and how he hopes to stay in Minnesota, but he also understands the financials are uh, something that could be uh, make that very, very tough. Um, if you are not a subscriber to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash straight from the source will get you in for a discount. Really uh, recommend you joining now, especially with the Wild playing well. They're 5-1 and one this season, 3-0 and on, on the road, and 5-0 and oh in one-goal games. And, um, you know, just playing really well. They looked like the bigger, faster team uh, on Tuesday night against the Vancouver Canucks in that victory to put the sat- Sunday stinker against the Nashville Predators behind them. Um, they they just have so much depth. I mean, if you think about it, Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov have a one combined goal in six games, yet the team is 5-1 and one because they're getting goals and points up and down their lineup from defensemen, from depth players. You have Dean Evison throwing the fourth line on late in games constantly. You saw Nico Sturm yesterday win a huge draw down the stretch um, that, that really kept uh, Demko from getting to the bench. Um, so they're just they're playing really really well. Well, now um, adversity is st- going to start to strike here. I wrote about the COVID issue in um, Tuesday's Athletic and how uh, Bill Guerin had COVID nineteen. How um, assistant coach. Uh, Darby Hendrickson and goalie coach Freddie Shabbat and video coach TJ Jindra are not on the trip because they have COVID. The Wild were hoping to contain that just with the staff. Obviously, that uh, became an issue today. We get to Seattle. I get to the hotel. Um, I begin sort of my work for the day. And um, 30 minutes before practice, as I was about to get into a lift and go down to Climate Pledge Arena, we get a uh, text from the team saying uh, practice has been canceled, that um, today is a full team rest today. And I knew that that, just again, reporter instinct, uh, that just made no sense to me. No team goes down to the rink, uh, buses everybody down there, and then 30 minutes before practice um, was, you know, cancels it. Uh, that just doesn't, didn't make sense, especially a team that I know that has a COVID-19 issue. And, um, and today was a testing day as well, because they get tested every three days. And I knew they were tested before their flight to Vancouver. 
So I uh, started to do some digging and it became very apparent to me that they uh, had some alarm bells going up with some of their tests this morning. Um, I don't want to say the players' names yet because I don't know when this podcast is going to come out by our incredible producer, Jeff Domet. Um, and we have a rule at The Athletic that we can't name names uh, from pl- players or staff that have COVID-19 until the team announces it or they announce it themselves. Now, the team will have to announce it uh, on, on Thursday morning, but because I don't know when this podcast is going to be released and I don't know when the Wild are going to announce it, I won't say the players' names yet, but they are two forwards that have tested positive so far. Um, And the Wild will recall, according to sources, Kyle Rao, Connor Dewar, and um, defenseman John Lazat, sort of just in case, just in case there's uh, more tests uh, that come back positive tomorrow, because now the Wild will have to go into protocols where they're tested um, pretty much every day, I believe. And so uh, the Wild don't know what's going to pop up in front of them um, tomorrow. But um, there are definitely two forwards that are going to be on that protocol list. Um, one is a top six forward, um, and the other is a bottom six forward. Um, and again, I don't want to give any hints, and I almost just did. Um, so a little of adversity that the Wild is going to have to to handle here. And, and the biggest thing is, will this be contained? I mean, we know about COVID-19, right? This invisible enemy that just sort of goes from person to person, highly contagious, went to the staff. Now it's going to the players. So you just hope that it's going to be stopped with two players. But um, as I think, as we all know, it's probably unlikely. Um, so we'll see how it's, uh, how it's going to happen. Um, you know, obviously it's been a little, uh, you know, you got to be careful now around the team, double masked, I can tell you from my standpoint. Um, so, uh, man, it's just amazing that we're just dealing with this again. But, um, you know, back to the team, uh, playing really well, hardworking, um, great, great uh, victory yesterday. They were just so much better structured in their own zone, better on the forecheck, got really good shifts down the stretch by the fourth line uh, with Rem Pitlick getting his wild debut with um, with uh, uh, Nico Sturm and, and Brandon Newham. Um, how about late in the game when the third line of Jordan Greenway, uh, Marcus Foligno, and Ryan Hartman went out there and just grind, ground the puck down low? Um, and was just outstanding to eat about a minute of clock. Um, so that's uh, all positive. Um, they're getting goals again. Dumba scored yesterday. Brodine scored yesterday. Zuccarello scored yesterday. Um, so they're getting goals up and down their lineup. Um, you know, the Hartmans, the Felinos, um, you know, the Bukesteads, uh, people like that. So um, that is good. And it's making up for the fact that Kirill Kaprizov and, and, you know, I think Kevin's been good, Kevin Fiala, but only one goal, getting a ton of chances. But, um, you know, you could tell that at times he gets really frustrated. Um, Kaprizov, I just don't think has played well. And I know that he has five assists, okay, but he's had basically one part of a good game and that was against Winnipeg and remember he had one assist and very few shots up until that final minute where he gets the assist on the Erickson Eck tying goal and then obviously made the great play to set up him Erickson Eck on the game winning goal but for the most part he's not getting scoring chances and last night just being so close in the press box looking down on the ice it is unreal um, to me how he, he doesn't seem to have explosiveness with his skating, just seem to be loafing around the ice, not engaged, um, just really, really um, disconcerting watching him yesterday. And I think that's the sign of just a frustrated hockey player right now that things aren't going right. But he was chasing the puck so much last night that it was very, very um, concerning. And hopefully he just gets one goal and now the floodgates open. But we'll, we'll see if that happens because he's going to probably have a little disruption on his line here coming up in the next um, little bit. Um, 
Back to the COVID protocols, by the way. Um, the way it usually works, the way I'm reading the protocols, is that uh, these players at a minimum are going to have to miss 10 days and uh, could conceivably have to stay here in Seattle or take an air ambulance home. So we'll see how that uh, works. Um, yeah, but that, that is, seems to be the protocols that I'm reading right now. Um, as being uh, something the wild are going to have to deal with, um, but it's just awesome to be in Seattle. Can't get, a, can't wait to get a look at that barn that doesn't have the center ice scoreboard, but two sort of twin scoreboards on the side. I did a Carson Susie story. I hope everybody reads. Who knows if he'll play on Thursday night? Um, he was scratched against the Montreal Canadiens on Tuesday, and you know if Dave Haxtell is like a lot of NHL coaches, he might not want to mess with a winning lineup. So who knows if Susie will get to play his old team? But Susie really walked me through the whole expansion process, what it's like to. Be be going to a blank canvas here in Seattle and then obviously um, you know uh, reflected on his time in Minnesota just awesome to be in this really cool city of Seattle I'm going to go sightseeing here in a little bit Um, flew over the Boeing field today and saw a lot of those 737 maxes that have been sort of retired or getting repaired after a couple of those dangerous uh, or not dangerous those crashes um, that that apparent I thought they I, I took a picture of this of Boeing field and all these planes on the tarmac I just figured they were new orders and they were actually uh, a cousin of mine that is a f- retired engineer for Boeing actually said those are 737 maxes that have been sort of removed from circulation so um, I thought that was interesting um, but it's just it's just beautiful city being on the sound here every time I'm here you just want to get on a cruise ship and go up to Alaska or something it's just pretty neat which by the way I've done out of Seattle before so um, that is it uh, really really excited to have you listen to this podcast I think everybody's going to really gain an appreciation of Nico Sturm again just so well spoken but as we all know a really really good hockey player before we get to Nico here's a word from a couple of our sponsors as mentioned, uh, thanks to Nico Sturm for joining Straight from the Source. We're sitting here in the beautiful uh, team hotel in Seattle. First ever trip to Seattle, I assume? Yeah, uh, Northwest in general. I haven't been to Vancouver either. So um, that part in Florida, that's kind of the two areas that I haven't been to yet. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous here. I don't know if you looked out the You probably were sleeping on the plane last night. Probably couldn't see much, but it's just a gorgeous landing here in Seattle and Vancouver. Yeah, I think uh, I like the, the water and uh, I'm a big fan of rain and cloud weather too so i think uh it's it's a nice spot yeah so um you know what the first question is going to be i mean how are you feeling today uh there was a little scary moment yesterday i was a little concerned for you yeah it was uh it was uh like 10 15 tough minutes uh and then it got better as the game went on but that was uh yeah it was it was painful yeah, yeah. Uh, there's nothing in this world i think i would rather less than a matt dumb slap shot to the uh you know where it was uh, no, it was it was tough. A uh, couple of minutes for sure. It yeah. just takes your it takes your breath away, and then um, you know you just gotta walk it off. And, you know, but uh, it, it it got a lot better as yeah. the game went on. Uh, what did Matt say to you in the locker room during the intermission? Harry yeah, just apologized. I mean, it's not you know that's uh, it's one of those things. I mean, that's when coaches and players always talk about paying the price. I guess that's <laughs> I guess that's what they mean. So. Um, um, yeah, you know, uh, that's that's I know that's where I kind of, you know, score my goals and that's where I got to go yeah. and sometimes 
sometimes it hurts. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, what was amazing to me, one, that you came back, <laughs> but two, um, I thought it was one of your best games of the season, maybe. I, I thought you were just an absolute beast in every zone. Um, you, you know, first of all, do you, do you agree that yesterday was probably your, the best you've looked or, or, or maybe that's uh, relative, but it felt like you were on your game yesterday. I thought I was really uh, engaged. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it in terms of, you know, winning my battles. I think that yeah. was the biggest thing. Obviously, um, I think I get um, more ice time when we're playing with a lead. That's just, you know, yeah. because, you know, the defensive part of my game is just one of my strengths. So that's when Dino, um, you know, he puts me out there and gave me a lot of responsibility last night. And so, um, yeah, it's just about, you know, uh, keeping that lead. He knows, you know, he can trust me and, and that's where he puts me out the most. So just uh, that's where I do my job. Yeah, It has to be really just um, uplifting the way that your line is played. I know that obviously you want, everybody wants more ice yeah. time when you're on the fourth line, especially, but the fact that this is every game now in one goal games, you guys are out there with two minutes to go, one minute to go, three minutes to go. Yesterday, you get the center ice draw. You have the goalie at ha you know ha at the hash marks wanting to get to the bench for the extra chapter. And what do you do? You go win your draw. Yeah, uh, it's it's huge. It's uh it's nice playing uh, with uh, you know with you know yesterday with was Pitter and and you know before it was Buger, but with Dewey it's just so easy to play with because mm -hmm. he plays such a straightforward and similar style to me. And then I think um, you know we got a really skilled guy yesterday with. Uh, with Rem and um, you know Buger can shoot the puck too as we saw uh, last week so um, it's nice to know that even though we're the fourth line I think we've shown that we can create a lot of offense too so it's not like he which is you know which is out there to uh, you know purely shut down other mm -hmm. other lines although at the end of the game that's obviously what we're out there for but you know throughout the game we're we're trying to create offense as much as anybody else yeah no doubt about yeah. it and you guys have done a really good yeah. job of that Thank uh you. so far this season um let's talk about halloween yeah. um, <laughs> um i guess you get to the halloween party what were you dressed up as by the way Oh, I, I didn't put as much effort in as you guys. I was just, I just like had like a, a can of Bud Light and Taylor was a Bud Light <laughs> seltzer can. And it was just a, uh, Amazon order, uh, costume. Um, but Buger definitely hit, uh, you know, he, he got the best, best costume awards. So, uh, well-deserved. I mean, I had Whitey, uh, the night before we had played Winnipeg right at home, I think. Uh -huh. And Whitey came up to me after the game and he was like, Hey, uh, Sturmy, I got a, he goes, I got a buddy who kind of looks like you and he wants to go as you for Halloween. So can I get a picture like of your haircut? <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't even like, I was just so obvious, <laughs> right? And I didn't even think of Buger at all. Uh, and then sure enough, the next day I walk into the party and Buger is just, I mean, he had it spot on. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I, uh, the, the picture that, that uh, Daniel Spurgeon put on yeah. her Instagram, I thought was hilarious because even the way that he had his like the way he like put his he head up yeah like i thought it was you yeah and no. i was like oh i guess nico didn't didn't dress up for halloween and no, then i like dawns on me it was him. i mean it's pretty uh he uh i mean he got the haircut and everything yeah. so it was pretty that was one of the best ones i've seen and yeah. then and then even better jackie then goes yeah. and and somehow breaks into your thank you uh breaks into your uh <laughs> They're like oh, her, yeah, her so, parents' house, basically. So, uh, um, um, I think uh, Buger knows. Uh, you know, they know the Turnquist. So they know them um, from 
you know, I think it's, I guess it's hockey related growing up or something. So, um, um, I think, you know, their cousin or there's some sort of connection there. Um, so I think that's where, how they got the, the jersey and the helmet and everything. But it was, it was definitely one of the best ones that I've seen, uh, that I've seen at a Halloween party. I think, yeah, I mean, he did uh, hit it spot on. Yeah. And, uh, we all know it's a Taylor Turnquist though. You, you have a family of uh, two professional athletes, Nico and Taylor. Taylor goes, wins, just wins national championships galore, then goes and wins a, a title with the Boston pride. Now, hopefully going to bring that to the white, white caps as well. Um, what was her? reaction when she saw <laughs> Jackie I mean yeah I I mean I'm kind of I guess I'm I was kind of the obvious one with Buger you know looking like me I guess it was pretty easy for him but then the fact that they got the full gear and everything with with Taylor too that was uh they got the combo done I mean that was pretty that was pretty spot on it was funny yeah um let's talk uh, some more about hockey then I do have some great great yeah. questions um you are we, we talked about your work ethic and you're engaged where, where does that come from because you know honestly like yesterday just watching you I, I thought of a young Nico Koivu just the way that you were working um where does that stem from in your life uh you know i think that uh um you know it was probably uh an unusual road for me a little bit to the nhl you know i, I don't think it was necessarily um maybe a guy that when you're when he was 15 16 that people looked at and, and were like this guy you know he's gonna play in the nhl like when i was that age i was like I was so far away from being an NHL prospect and um, you know I really you know it sounds cheesy but I really had to take it kind of year by year and step by step and and set small goals and I, I kind of felt like every new level that I reached um, there were you know people who uh, you know they had their doubts about me or they think that there's you know a certain limits there that you know I couldn't you know, I couldn't go any further. And um, for me, it's just about, you know, um, proving those people wrong and, and um, knowing that, you know, just with, with, with my work ethic that I can, you know, do a lot more than what probably most people think. And, um, you know, I approach not just hockey. I try not to just to approach hockey that way. I think, um, you know, when I was at school, I tried to, you know, put the same work ethic in my schoolwork. And, um, you know, I think if you if you take care of things and it doesn't matter for me as an athlete, it's my body. Uh, um, but if I, you know, I, I think it counts for everybody else, regardless of what job you do. If you put the work in, eventually you'll I believe that you'll mm -hmm. you'll get rewarded for it. Um, I, I got to ask you, by the way, like so in Germany, I mean, do they, do they teach you English right from the beginning? Because I mean, you barely have an yeah, accent. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty early. I think uh, I started in uh, sixth grade. So okay. and then I came over and obviously my English was pretty, uh, um, you know, it was like school English. I think all the all the slang and kind of the hockey lingo wasn't <laughs> that's just something you pick up along the way. But um, I was comfortable right from the start just having normal conversations. Um, you mentioned your your untraditional road to the NHL. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of people, a lot of wild fans know. I know I've written it before, but they might have forgotten that you actually got your star playing junior hockey in yeah. Minnesota, in Austin, Minnesota. Yeah. So how did you wind up coming from Germany to Minnesota and then go to the college? Yeah, that was the hardest part because, you know, the German junior leagues, they're not very well scouted. Mm -hmm by mm -hmm. people over here so I kind of had to rely on uh, kind of connections you know my, my family advisor 
went to Michigan Tech and he's uh you know he he's got a couple of he lives in Germany so he's got his family there um, but he's obviously had some connections over here and it was um, you know I got lucky with him that he kind of made a call to you know the coaches in the in the North American Hockey League at that time and said basically uh, kind of put his hand in the fire for me and said hey gonna take a chance on this kid and and luckily they did and that's kind of worked out from there amazing and then you they, that's where you they Clarkson re- re- recruited so recruited. yeah so I played two years in the North American Hockey League and then um, I was recruited by Clarkson in Western Michigan and I I didn't really want to go back to juniors as an overage kid I got drafted by Tri-City USHL mm-hmm. that summer but I didn't want to go back play juniors as an uh, overage kid that is not committed mm-hmm. so I uh, and I really like Clarkson you know my yeah. visit that summer so um, I really wanted to go to a good school and hockey wise I wanted to go to a program where I could have a chance to be in a lineup in my freshman year yeah. every night and so I, I saw it as a good fit and so I, uh, that's the summer that I committed and then I played another year juniors and, and went off to college I'm, I'm amazed at how sometimes small the hockey world is yeah. and here your, your line mate is Brandon Duhan yeah. a kid from South Florida yeah. somehow winds up your junior line mate for Tri-City you guys win a championship yeah. and then next thing you know years later you're line mates in the National Hockey League that's just bonkers it, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty crazy um, just kind of, you know, we, uh, that one year in Tri-City, we had obviously had together and, and I think he, um, you know, he's kind of a guy that, you know, I always, uh, probably the same way as me. I think he was, you know, it was obviously, obviously he was drafted, but I don't think a lot of people were necessarily thinking about him as a, you know, a guy that is going to be an NHL player for sure. You know, he's just, just because of the way he plays, you know, it's not always, you know pretty and it doesn't always show on a score sheet but i think you you've seen the last couple of games like how how good of a player he can be and and you know even in the ahl i think he played more of that grinding role mm-hmm. um and and you just need those kind of players it doesn't mean that they can't create offense i mean you've seen a speed and a skill um and i think you know as he gets more comfortable and gets more games and i think he's going to be a very good very good player in this league yeah and it, and here you guys make up the most yeah. arguably the most efficient line so far in the first uh seven six games of the season um talking with nico stern we're, we're here in seattle um got to ask you about the Hoffer house. That's my favorite place in Munich. I know that's not your hometown. You've been there, I'm sure, right? I, yeah, I think I actually went, I think I went there with Taylor to summer that she visited like a couple of years ago. Um, and, um, you know, I've been trying to bring her back obviously, but it's been obviously very tough the last two years. Um, so usually I don't go to Munich a ton when I'm yeah. back home, but when she's there, obviously it, it makes it worth a trip. So hopefully this upcoming summer I can, I can bring it back. Tell, tell us about your hometown. Uh, you, you you said that you spent a lot of your days also going to your grandmother's house for lunch and all that stuff. That's pretty much my summer days. I uh, So I work out... Uh, You're from... Uh, Augsburg. Augsburg. Yeah, it's about 45, 50 minutes from Munich. So um, I spend my summer days. Usually I wake up and I... I uh, so I work out at home. I got a full home gym that I kind of kind of built out over the COVID summer because, you know, no gyms were open and that's... I got... Every 
every machine and everything you could possibly think of in a gym that you i got it at home and we got a nice big backyard where i you know i can do my sleds and warm-ups and sprints and then obviously in the summer you can work out outside which is kind of nice so i just get up and have breakfast and i start my day with my workout and um usually i'm in the gym for you know three hours a day and, and then i head to uh to my grandma's for lunch um and then you know usually on the ice now three two three times a week as well in the afternoon so um but yeah the uh for me the summer is more about you know just seeing the people that you know you love and, and just hanging around the family i don't do a, a lot of trips or anything mm -hmm. like that i just like being at home and, and hanging out with my with my loved ones yeah. uh, and you said your uh, your grandmother is a uh, it's not carb friendly right <laughs> yeah it, it, no i mean it's not if you're looking on the uh if your guy looks on a scale every day that's not probably not for you but for me i don't think it matters as much you know probably with workouts and 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 skates you're probably at three four thousand calories a day so so those are tough to replace anyway. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's just something that that's that I, I need that in the summer. Yeah. Jim had a funny question. Uh, what's your favorite thing, spam or Spetzel? <laughs> uh, I, I have to admit that even though I played a year in Austin, I never actually tried spam. So, uh, the Spetzel, we actually had it at the rink a couple of years, uh, a couple of weeks ago, our chefs made it. So really, yeah, that's so cool. it's very good. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, the, uh, by the way, do, do uh, like I, I, I've said this before, but I um, I know Trey Toomey really well. Yeah. The Irondale former, he's from Irondale, went to University yeah. of Wisconsin, coaches in Germany. Did he coach you over there, or uh, no? He used to coach the the town, okay. the, the team where I'm from, right um, in Oxford. Uh, and he uh, he's actually just got another gig about uh, thirty minutes from nice. there. So and his son um, Parker now yeah. plays, I think, in in uh, Berlin. Uh, Berlin. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's uh, go through some uh, Twitter questions. Uh, or uh, so hardest player you faced in the NHL. This is from Wild Boys. Um, I still think there's still a lot of players that obviously haven't played yet, but I think my very first uh, NHL game was against Boston and uh, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. You know, he's kind of the, uh, the kind of that model center yep. man that you know everybody wants to have on their team, and um, just because I mean all the things that he does, starting in the face-off circle. Um, not the hardest player in terms of maybe physicality to play against, but just, you know, he does so many things right. He's defensively responsible, just that elite two-way center. So I think that's kind of just a guy that's just, you know, one day you can say, hey, I, I played against that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So. You had an assist your first game too, right? Remember? I don't think so. Okay. I think I, my first uh, point came in Arizona okay. uh, the year when I was kind of up and okay. down with right. Iowa. I knew that, but you did have a really good game that game. I remember was, your, yeah, your family was here. My family was, was awesome. there. That was neat. Yeah. yeah. Um, your uh, your uh, your brother, I thought he was, looked like your doppelganger yeah. too. So I got um, a lot of those. Opinions. Yeah, I know. You got between Bugie, <laughs> great German word. Yeah. You between Bugie and yeah. your brother. Um, here's a good one, and this is this could be a big question because uh, every German town seems to have its own beer. But somebody asked your favorite German beer. Um, well, it's not so. I like uh, it's called Radler. It's a, a mixture of like a light beer and a white lemonade. Okay. So almost like a lining kugel, like okay. a summer shandy. Yeah, yeah. I like those. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, funniest guy on the team? Oh, Zuki. Zuki. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Um, here's a serious hockey question. We've discussed it before yeah. the Olympics. Uh, you know, it looks yeah, like Germany yeah. is going to have a really, really good team. Yeah. Um, how much are you looking forward to potentially getting on that team and uh, taking part in that? 
Yeah, like I said, I think it's marked on the calendar and um, um, obviously there's a lot of hockey games left till February rolls around. Mm-hmm. So um, it's something that's, you know, on the horizon and I'm excited about it, but I'm very, very focused on here right now. Um, Dogfather asked, who was your favorite German player growing up? Um, favorite German player growing up? It's probably tough because I think the way it is, you know, when I grew up, um, the NHL wasn't really marked, you know, wasn't really marketed in Europe. Like there was no like NHL package where you could mm-hmm. see all the games and stuff. So for me, um, growing up, the only reason I knew uh, anything outside my hometown team was because of, you know, the video games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really just idolized like the players on like the, the Panthers you know my hometown squad you know you'd be uh, on the youth team and then you'd be in the in the stands for for their games at night so um, I didn't really have that one guy really makes sense um <laughs> real super Dave asks uh favorite memories down in Austin um well first of all we had a really really good team that year and we went to uh went to the finals um uh, my favorite uh Favorite moment was in the semifinals when we won in the uh, um, in game three. We were down in Texas and, and uh, playing Lone Star Brahmas, I think. And um, I got a lot of good memories from that year, just because of you know it was tough. I had a tough start to the year, and and uh, I didn't really feel comfortable at first. Uh, it was kind of the first time I was. Yeah gone from home for like you know eight nine months and the season went long like i was there for probably august till may or june so i was gone for a very long time just the way the team came together and how the coaches jamie hoffman and chris talk put me under the wing and just i learned so much that you're not just on the ice i mean that's that's one part but they they're kind of the ones that kind of I give them a lot of credit for the person that I am today they kind of molded me and and, and taught me of how to prepare you know how to do things the right Mm -hmm. way how to show up to the ring Um, so that year was probably the biggest year in my development Um, Walter S what's your favorite Americanized German thing (laughs) Um, Americanized German thing it's a tough question. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Let me think about that. I'm going to get back to you on that one. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, actually, this is a good one. Uh, definitely not David. It goes, uh, what did you major in at Clarkson and do you have any post-hockey plans? Yeah. So, I majored in financial information and analysis uh-huh. um, and I'm very, very into uh, uh, the financial world and, and the stock market. And, um, you know, I manage my own portfolio. Wow. Um, so... Um, you know that's something I'm very interested in, and I thought about um, maybe at some point down the road doing grad school online yeah. as well. But uh, for now, I want to focus obviously on on playing in the NHL. But um, I, I could see myself doing something like that at the same time. You know, it's it's tough to walk away from the game. I think after you're done with yeah. your playing career, so um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it's 15 yeah. years from now. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I did want to ask you, and hopefully everybody read the story that I wrote on Nico and Taylor back in. Um, in, in uh, March or April yeah. when we were in Phoenix. Um, but uh, it was really cool. I mean, she's playing for the Boston yeah. Pride last year. She's she's 
working with special ed uh, uh, people yeah. at, a, at an elementary school, at a, basically a school yeah. in in, yeah. in Boston. And because you were here, you were living with her parents and her yeah. brother, right? Yeah, and it's pretty pretty neat that you had that ability. Yeah, it was uh, it was great for me. It was you know obviously my first really full year in the in the NHL, um, and you know we all know it's there's a lot of up and up and downs, and I think especially at the start, I think it took me like 12, 13 games to get on the boards and there's obviously, you know, there's some self-doubts, right. you know, about that and, 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 and it's just nice. The year before in Iowa, I was living alone and it's just mm -hmm. tough sometimes yeah. when you, you come home, you know, after maybe a tough games or a tough couple of games where maybe things don't go your way and you just come home to an empty apartment. Mm -hmm. I think that's just not, just not healthy. Yep. I think for your, for your, for your, for your head and, um, um, you know, it's just, it was kind of just nice having a family atmosphere and having people lean on and talk to my first year. And now it's really awesome as she now plays for the White Yeah. Cats, so you guys get to live yeah. together. Yeah. So it's, we haven't seen a lot of each other, obviously the last two years, uh, since I left uh, school early. So it's nice having her around. Um, a couple more minutes with, uh, Nico. I really appreciate you meeting. Uh, I love this question from Tanner. If, uh, who would win a race between Nico Sturm, Kevin Fiala and Brandon Duhame? We might want to add Rem Pitlick. After watching I'm going to go ahead and say if we go uh, goal line to blue line, it'd probably be Dewey, but I'm, I'm going to take the full lap. I think uh, <laughs> if we go in full lap, I'm taking it. Um, this is uh, not a question. This is from Jen, Jens. Uh, not a question, but as a fellow German, I'd highly recommend him stopping by the Black Forest Inn on Eat Street in Minneapolis if you haven't been there. Great, authentic German That's food. That's actually great. I'm still looking for a, lot, a couple of spots That's to find awesome. some authentic food. Um, Strictly Wild says, uh, does he know people collect his hockey cards because he has one of the best signatures in the NHL? Yeah, I think people... I've, I, I've, I've never that, seen your signature I've until this. I've, I've seen some on Instagram um, that there's a couple of people who, who are into that. Yeah. I just like, you know, about signatures. I'm kind of a guy who at least, you know, I tried to, when I came up with it many years ago, I tried to make it look cool. But at the same time, I kind of wanted people to be able to read yep. my name yeah. so they know of course. Where, like who this guy is. So that's kind of what I tried to put yeah, in there. I mean, years from now, the people that have yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's really cool. Um, last couple of questions. I love this. Uh, German-themed rapid fire, uh, BMW or Mercedes? By Mercedes. the way, this is uh, Fetty Dean came up with this. Uh, Mercedes. Merce Bratwurst or Weisswurst? Weisswurst. Uh, schnitzel or Braten? Schnitzel. Um, Spatzel or mashed potatoes? Uh, Spätzle. Uh, red cabbage or sauerkraut? Uh, red cabbage. Still water or sparkling? Sparkling. Pilsner or lager? Uh, lager. Oktoberfest or how do you spell? Uh, Chris... Kin Chris Kindles market. There yeah, you it's go. A Christmas market. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. Great yeah. idea by him. Um, just last couple for you. Um, just back to hockey. Um, we I, like, I saved the best for last. Um, but you were so good when you talked about this during training camp about being a UFA pending yeah. UFA this year. And you mentioned right off the hop that you're a financial guy. You mentioned in our interviews that you've, you're have you aware of the Wilds' financial situation. And here you are off to this great start. It, it certainly feels like this, you know, this it might be tough to bring it back. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if I told you that I wasn't thinking about it or worried, you wouldn't believe me anyways, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's normal. You know, it's your it's your life you know it's not just your life you're you know you're wondering about you know where your girlfriend or your yeah. wife or your family or your kids or whatever mm -hmm. you have you know um it's a lot you know at this point of your of your life it's or, or stage in your career it's you know not just about you um so and i've mentioned it before you know 
how much I I love it here, and, yeah. and um, I think you know the the organization ap- appreciates me as well, and, and I think that there's a good fit, and and, and I, I mentioned that you know I, I'd lo- love nothing more than win here. Um, and with regards to the financials, I think um, it always sounds sounds uh, you know so like it's uh, empty phrase, but all I can do really is put my best foot forward play my game and 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 show uh you know uh, billy or chris or whoever uh that um you know i'm I'm worth you know having some of that money that's maybe opens up next year having mm-hmm. that allocated towards me and and um that's all i can do you know i'd, I'd mentioned it before that i'd love to stay here um, and hopefully we can figure something out um last question and random nick brought this up um about you know it, I mean, the one thing about you is that, and I know wild fans really sometimes get frustrated that you don't get more of an elevated role on the team. I'm sure that you also sometimes are like, well, why can't I get more ice time or a bigger role? Do you, do, will that impact, like, is it all about financials for you? Like, if, no. if, yeah, like, I mean, it's not, it's not, like I said, it's not necessarily about, not just about the money, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, there's got to be, you know, somewhat of a, of a fit there, but, um, it's about I think it's about carving out a role for yourself where you your that you're kind of content with and I think it's in the nature of of every athlete that we always want more I think you know I think Kirill scores how many goals last year yeah. you probably would like to score five or ten more this year right. or you know whatever have you Cam has great year last year he wants yeah. to make a couple more saves so you know I think the moment you get content with what you have I think you're not you're not pushing anymore and if you're not pushing anymore to get better i'm not so me trying to get a role maybe on the third line which i think i can play um if i don't try to do that i'm not pushing freddie who's in front of me now or or you know rasky or whatever have you Mm -hmm. so that's how you get better in in train like this training camp was really competitive i thought because we had legit open spots and there were guys were pushing for those open spots and it it wasn't a lineup that was set in stone. Mm-hmm. And I think that made everybody who was in camp better and brought us together as a team just because of how, how competitive it was. And it's a, it's a healthy competition. You know, it's not like guys envy each other for for whatever have you. Like right now, I know that's this is where Dino plays me. This is my spot. And I think I can help the team a lot in this role that I am, I am right now. Um and there's nothing wrong with wanting more. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, uh, Nico, I really, really appreciate you doing this, especially on an off day here in Seattle. Uh, do you have any uh, sightseeing plans today? You know, no, I might go see the space. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Starbucks hopping. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, go. But I've yeah, already yeah. been to about three, so yeah. <laughs> got to check them all yeah. out. Nico, thanks a lot. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I have a lot of respect for you. I can guarantee you I'm not going to Germany and being able to and. Their, your native tongue be able to do a podcast so I'm always amazed when European players put that microphone yeah. up to their face and do this so really appreciate it yeah thanks for yep. having me on thanks Nico as you know Straight from the Source isn't the only podcast across the athletic platform there are just tons and tons of awesome podcasts one of my favorites is the Athletic Hockey Show Craig Anderson of the Buffalo Sabres the veteran goaltender joins Ian Mendez and Hallie Salvian this week on the Athletic Hockey Show David Backus the great great Minnesotan quote unquote one of us 
He visits Craig Custance and Sean Gentili on the Athletic Hockey Show USA and Eddie Lack, the former goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, I believe Carolina Hurricanes, uh, some other teams, I'm sure, stops by the Athletic Hockey Show with Rob Pizzo from CBC Sports and Sarah Sivian and Jesse Granger from the Athletic on Wednesday's edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Thanks for listening to Straight from the Source. And please follow us on your favorite platform for podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, all annual subscriptions for The Athletic just go for $3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com. Straight from the source. Talk to you next week, everybody. Straight from the source.